right. Hey, good morning. We are very excited to have our Teen Challenge friends, uh, teen challenge friends here today. Yeah? I love it. They just come in and they transform the place, you know. Why? Because their lives have been transformed. That's really what it's all about. And, uh, you know, I've been doing, you guys know, I've been doing a series on changed, uh, called Changed, and really it's about changed lives, and that's really kind of their books are titled that too, and that's very exciting kind of confirmation. So God can, what God can do in a person's life is absolutely incredible. What God has done in my life, what God has done in your life if you've surrendered to him. So they're going to come up now and share about the ministry and share testimony, share a song with us and all kinds of good stuff. So let's welcome our ladies from Teen Challenge. Hi, good morning, church. How are you? I'm Allison. I am okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Allison, like I said, and I am a student in the program. I have been in Teen Challenge for 10 months now. Is there anyone here who is not familiar with Teen Challenge? Okay, awesome. Oh, there's a few. Okay. So Teen Challenge is a 12 to 15 month residential recovery program. And we take people in, ladies, our program is the ladies, um, with any life controlling issues, mainly a lot of drug and alcohol addiction, but anything that you know hinders your life um, and holds you back from living to the, the full potential that God has for you. Um, we're nonprofit, so we come and we, you know, share our stories and we sell our products as a way to raise funds to keep our home open. Um, there's five phases to our program, and um, it's. There's so much, you know, it's so much more about just getting sober. It's about learning to live, learning who God has called you to be. Um, so you'll see through our slides a little bit about what we are and who we are and what we're doing. Um, so we have life coaching. So this is where in your final phase, your fifth phase, um, you meet with a life coach and you start to talk about what you wanna do when you go back home. If you wanna go back to school, if you wanna work, if you have children that you're going home to, to be a mom, you kinda of start setting goals, um, a home church, um, where you're gonna live, how you're gonna connect with people. Um, you know, we really feel like it's an important part of our program that we don't just you know, take you in and help you, but that you have a plan for when you leave, that you have people who will hold you accountable, who will love you and guide you. So I actually just went into the fifth phase of our program, so I'll be starting my life coaching soon, and um, I'm just really excited for this new season. I have a son at home, so um, God is good, and you know, when you serve him, he provides and he makes a way, so I'm excited to start planning for that. Okay, so now we have our jewelry. This is a huge part of our ministry. Um, the girls, myself included, we hand make all this beautiful jewelry. We get together and we fellowship and we listen to worship music and we hand make this all on our own. So it's really special and it's unique to the girl who made it. And it's a great way that you can partner with us to support our ministry. And we have a table set up back, and you can see Aaron and Beth and just take a look at it. It's, um, they're beautiful, and they're just special, you know, because we make them. So when you look down, you can remember that you sewed into to one of our lives. So it's a, really, it's a really beautiful thing. Next, we have our coffee and our tea. So we have our own brand of coffee. It is fair trade, organic Peruvian coffee. And we have... K-cups and whole bean, ground, decaf, dark roast, any kind you need to meet your coffee needs. Yes. Um, it's great. People love it. And um, we also came out with tea, tea challenge. You know, so we have 
breakfast, green tea, peach, apricot. People really love it. Um, come check it out. And we just also, you know, encourage you as you know as you purchase it when you're drinking it in the morning, when you're doing your devos, when you're spending time with the Lord in the morning. Like, remember that there are people out there who are still stuck in addiction. I'm sure you know this isn't this isn't new to anyone. This is near to dear and dear to everyone's heart. So. We just ask that when you're drinking your coffee or your tea that you lift up a prayer for someone who's still stuck in addiction and just remember us and that, you know, you're sowing into God's kingdom. This is, this is what he calls us to do. So we just ask that you come see us and check our coffee and our tea out. And next we have our Change Lives books. These are awesome books. These are testimonies of individuals who have gone through our program, who have gone on to lead successful lives. These are awesome reads, um, just amazing stories how God just takes the broken, the people that you just think have no hope, who are like just nothing, and that's who God takes, and he uses them, and he heals them, and these stories are just so encouraging. <laughs> I really encourage you guys, like if you need a good read, if you know someone who's struggling in addiction, a family member, I really encourage you to read these. We have four volumes, and we're actually um, in the process of coming out with our fifth. And I actually have a copy for the pastor. Not sure, I'll give it to him after, okay. And we also, we have a girl who actually, who graduated our program, whose brother, bought this book at the mall when we were fundraising one day, and she was actually homeless out in San Francisco. She was a missing person, and because of this book, she entered our program. And she used to present our choirs, but she graduated, and she's in Bible college now. She's getting married this summer. So this is like, this is real. This is what God does. This is who he is. So I encourage you to check this out. Be encouraged. And next we have our End Addiction campaign, and this is awesome. This is where some of the girls, they go out into like the local high schools, youth groups, just the younger generation, and just share their stories just to try to spread awareness and prevention to this drug epidemic that doesn't seem to be getting any better. So we just encourage you, if you know anyone, you have a youth group, you want us to come visit and talk to you guys, um, get a hold of us, see Aaron and Beth at the table again. They're part of End Addiction, and we'd be happy to um, talk to you about that. And like Pastor said, we have our 5K coming up. This is our first annual 5K, and we're really excited about this. this um, we're really looking forward to this event. Our director, Deb McDonald, her son actually passed away from an accidental overdose last year. So this is our first annual Joseph P. McDonald 5K that we're holding on April 7th at Roger Williams Park. And we just encourage you to come out, join us, support us. You can run in memory of someone that you've lost. You can run to you know celebrate victory over addiction. You can come just to support these ladies, our ministry. It's gonna be an awesome day. It's gonna be fun, you can run, you can walk, you can get pushed in a wheelchair. <laughs> we're training, we work out every day, we're really excited. So um, I know you guys have started a team, we appreciate your support. Um, so just check us out for that. It's gonna be a really great day for a great cause. And lastly, did everyone here get a prayer card when you came in? Everyone got a prayer card? Awesome. So these prayer cards are very important to us. Um, we believe in the power of prayer. Power of prayer. That's what got us into this program. We were prayed into this program because God made a way. He hears our prayers. They do not return void. People all over the world are praying for us. And this is a way that we can lift up your needs. And we ask that on these cards, you're specific, you're vulnerable. We get together as a house Monday nights and we lift up these prayers. We believe in it, we believe in the urgency of it, and we just wanna stand with you and believe. So I'm gonna invite the girls up and Jen and Sarah Jane will pick up the cards. And this is really the heart of our ministry, our testimony and our song, just to share the transformation in our lives, what God has done. And so I just 
encourage you to get excited for our testimonies and our song. We are not a professional choir, but we love to sing to the Lord and to praise him. So thank you. So we're just going to pray together and start our song. vulnerable and open on these prayer cards, mm -hmm. Lord God, that they would just allow us to give back to them, Lord, and pray for them, Father God. God, I just pray for the girls who are testifying, Father God, I pray that you just give them peace, Lord God, that they would know that you're with them, Lord, that you would anoint their words, Lord God, and go before them, Father. Lord, we love you so much, Lord God, we praise you, and we just give this day back to you. Hi, my name is Mary Lou. I'm 32 years old. I'm from Maine. Um, I've been in Teen Challenge for five months now. Um, growing up, I'm the youngest of eight. The day I was born, my dad had a stroke. Um, by the age of 10, he passed away. My sister had blamed me because of the day I was born. That just left me with a lot of guilt, and um, I just became very promiscuous. I started partying. I even dropped out of school. Um, by the age of 19, I had two sons, and I was addicted to OxyContin. And it just gave me this comfort and security that I was looking for, and it made me into the mom I thought I wanted to be. Um, and then by the age of 23, I was addicted to heroin, and I, it just robbed me of everything. Um, my kids were terrified I was gonna die, and for a while I could have cared less. Um, my son was calling me from school, checking on me, and just being more of a parent than I was. And I knew I needed help, but I just didn't, my sister was trying to get me to turn to the Lord. I just didn't need him all the time. You know, I just needed him when things were bad. And um, it got really bad. Uh, I overdosed, my son had found me, and I couldn't be alone with my kids or other kids. I had to be supervised. Um, so, I, so I turned to my sister who loved the Lord and overcame addiction also. And I just remember crying out to God. And it's, it's crazy when they say that God knows your heart because like I've, you know, in jail I've cried out and like, God, oh, get me out of here, I can't. But this time that I cried out, it was so real that like I was crying and I was just talking to God and like I literally felt like 10,000 pounds just lift off my shoulders. Like it was just, it was so real. Mm. It, was, it was awesome. And so I really tried to pursue the Lord. I was going to church and I was trying to do the right thing and I was in and out of secular rehabs and programs. And I just slowly went back to using drugs again. And then my sister uh, told me about Teen Challenge. Like I said, I didn't need him all the time, but things got really bad again, so God took a lot from me, so I would go to him, though I see that now, um, and it's good. Uh, so I came to Teen Challenge when he made a way for me, and um, since coming here, it's just it, the one thing I can just say is really giving me hope. Um, I'm used to like relapse and sobriety, and I kind of thought that was going to be my life, but coming here and seeing other girls my age too, it's awesome that they're sober and they've been 15 months or more. Um, it definitely gives you a lot of hope, like this is, that didn't have to be my life. And one thing that I, it makes me smile when I say this, I just started saying this out loud, was I was a heroin addict. Like, I don't have to label myself that, like, so I, I just like saying that part. <laughs> um, <laughs> So since being at Teen Challenge, um, I'm learning a lot about forgiveness. Um, I didn't realize how much bitterness and resentment and all this that I had, I thought I just kind of forgot about it. 
but it's all in there. And God's showing me and helping me through it. Um, he's softening my heart a lot. Um, I have a lot of compassion. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a new outlook in the kitchen. I was in there for a very short time, thank God. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of work in the kitchen taking care of all these women and like my sister hosts parties and stuff and I'd look at her and like, when's dinner gonna be ready? <laughs> and now after being in there, it's like, no, you need help. <laughs> so I was very selfish before and God's helping me with that. Um, and my relationship with my kids, they, they aren't scared anymore, you know? Like, um, they know I'm in a good place. My oldest son is actually the reason why I came to Teen Challenge, because I kept using him as a reason not to go, but he really told me that I needed to. Um, he got, they come out to see me, I talk to them on the phones. Um, they're really proud of me, and I'm proud of them. God's doing amazing work in them, and God is good. So the verse that I stand on is Jeremiah 33.3. Call unto me, and I will show you great and unsearchable things you do not know.
Good morning, church. Um, my name is Lindsay. I'm 24 years old, and in the short time that I've been in Teen Challenge, God has already started to drastically um, restore my life. I knew rejection and chaos from a young age due to my father's inconsistency in my home life, and unfortunately, by the time that I was 10 years old, my father had committed suicide, and this just left a very deep void inside, and I was constantly trying to fill that void throughout the years. I sought relief from these feelings in a relationship that I started at the end of my high school career, and this relationship lasted about three years. Um, I thought that I had found everything that I was looking for in this man, but I was sadly mistaken. Um, the relationship quickly turned physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive, and um, that just added to those feelings that I had already started developing of emptiness and worthlessness, and I started experimenting with prescription pills. And by the end of this relationship, I had met another man that was significantly older than me, and I thought he was going to save me not only from myself, but from this relationship that I had just gotten out of. But I was mistaken again, and this relationship turned out to be just as bad, if not worse, than the one I had just left. Um, it again turned physically, mentally, emotionally abusive, and it got to the point that in November of 2016, I ended up overdosing, and it was this man that I had put all of my trust into and all of my love into that left me on the side of the road to die. And um, sorry. And um, so I didn't leave that relationship. I actually stayed in it and um, things just got worse. And we started living a criminal lifestyle and just doing things that no one should really be involved in. And um, little did we know, you know, we started selling drugs and we had been under investigation for a year. And um, we, neither of us knew that though. And it got to the point that I just got to like my lowest point in life. And, I vividly remember the day that I cried out to God. And, um, you know, I just asked him to either take my life or intervene in some way because I knew that there was so much more to life than I had been living. And um, as we know, God doesn't always answer our prayers in the way that we want or the ways that we expect. And it was then that I was taken to jail. I, my apartment was raided and I was taken to jail. I was brought into jail with seven felonies. And um, this was God's way of making a way when I thought there was no way. And um, I entered Teen Challenge on October 19th. And my life has just dramatically changed since I entered. Um, I entered with anger issues and issues with my faith and with my family. And, um, you know, God has just slowly but surely started to restore all of these things. And I still have issues with anger, I'm, but I'm learning to deal with them, whereas before I would run, and um, I would run to drugs and just use things to numb me. But now I'm learning how to deal with it in a safe place. And my relationship with my family has been fully restored. My sisters are my best friends in the world today. Um, where before I couldn't even like pick up the phone to answer my mom's phone calls. Um, I didn't care and I was really angry with, her, angry with her, but now I look forward to her visits every weekend. I look forward to her phone calls. Um, I have a relationship with my nieces and my nephew today. Um, I'm allowed to like see them and talk to them and it's a really good feeling. And I've been given responsibilities, which I didn't know anything about before I entered here. I didn't know how to like clean my own apartment and like live how a normal adult should live. And I've been given the responsibility of being in the kitchen. So that means that I cook for the rest of the women in the house. And not only am I learning to cook and take care of myself, but I'm learning to put others before myself. And I learned that that's something that I really struggled with. I was very selfish before coming in here. And um, I'm just learning to love myself again. And 
I'm not so afraid anymore. Um, I have an open court case right now, but I, my third court case is actually on Tuesday of this coming week, and where before I would be like freaking out and so scared, I'm just learning to put those feelings and those anxieties and those fears, and I'm just laying them at God's feet. And um, I know that he's brought me through all of this in the last four years, and I know he's not gonna do anything that is gonna jeopardize my, my life or my sobriety or my relationship with him. So I know that whatever happens is his plan, and um, you know I just can't wait to see what God has in store for me. And he's put it on my heart to go back to school to work with young children who um, grew up without a parent and have severe behavioral issues. So, you know, I'm just really excited for my future and to see what God has for me. And where I was once living among the dead, God has brought me back and he has saved me. So because of that, my verse that I stand on is Psalm 116, 5 through 9. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I think I had to figure it out by now. Okay, it's me again. Hi, um, so I'm Allison again, and I'm 33 years old, and like I said, I've been in Teen Challenge 10 months now. Um, growing up, I had a good childhood. I was raised in a good family. I was loved and accepted. Um, I was taught about the Lord from an early age. My dad um, was a Christian, so growing up, I knew all about God, but I still kind of lived on my own. Like, I think a lot of times, like Mary Lou said too, like God's convenient when we need him, but other than that, like we just want to do things our own way, and it doesn't work like that. So growing up, um, you know, I struggled to fit in. I struggled with who I was. I struggled feeling accepted. I felt very alone. I always felt very sad. I never really could identify what was wrong with me, but there was just never joy in my life. There was never laughter. I eventually dropped out of high school because I just didn't want to get made fun of. I just didn't want to face people. So I left high school and shortly after that, my boyfriend um, died from an overdose and at that point I began partying. I looked for love and acceptance in men, in relationships, and nothing filled me. I felt empty, I felt dirty, I felt used. Um, at the age of 21 I became pregnant and at that time I went back to church and for a few years I did really well. I was a good mom, I had a good job, I was involved in church. I, I felt happy, I felt like, okay, I got this. But again, I didn't, I wasn't fully in, and it says, you know, you can't be lukewarm. God wants all of you. So I, I was dragged back into the world. I was dragged back into sin. And at that point, I began abusing prescription painkillers. Um, drugs made me feel confident. Drugs made me feel like I could do things. I could face people. I could talk. Um, and a few years ago, my dad became sick. He was diagnosed with dementia, and that was very hard for me. It still is very hard for me. I didn't have any closure with my dad, and growing up, my dad saw me. He knew me. Everything I hid inside that I didn't want anyone to see, he saw me, and he loved me through it. But I didn't want anyone to touch my pain because pain hurts. No one wants to feel pain. So when my dad became sick, I um, became addicted to cocaine and heroin. And that brings you to a place of like utter hopelessness. And as a mom, the guilt and the shame I felt that I had failed my child, 
It was unbearable. And you get to a point where you just can't do it anymore. You can't fight. I couldn't hide. And so I knew I needed help. I didn't really think I liked there was help for me, but I knew I had to do something for my son. I knew he deserved a better life. And so I decided to get help. And I'm telling you, it was coming to Teen Challenge was the best decision I have ever made in my life. This is where this program, the vessel that God has used, has changed everything. This is where my whole life, this is where I've learned to live. This is where I found freedom, where I found victory, where I found my identity, where I found my purpose and my hope and my confidence. And it's not easy, it's hard. It's hard facing yourself, it's hard being in a program, it's hard being away from your children, but God is good. And when you obey him and when you surrender to him and when you put him first, he makes a way. And I have joy today and I have peace and life is hard and it hurts. But I don't have to like submit to like my emotions anymore. I know that like things happen, but my God is good and he's sovereign and he, he just makes a way. And um, I'm just so grateful today. I get to go home in the summer and be a mom again. And I have like so much just confidence and hope like I, I can do anything. Like I could never stand up here and talk to people before. But that's like what God's called me to do. He's like, step out. Come on, let's go. So I'm doing it, and he is just worthy. And now to kind of finish up our presentation, I want to introduce you guys to our sponsorship program. And this is just a great way that you guys can partner with us. I mean, all of us up here have gone through secular programs, detoxes. Um, you know, we've done everything. By the time we decide to come to a 12 to 15 month program, We've really exhausted all our other options, and we are nonprofit, so we don't accept insurance. And at this point, like, no one, the world, they don't really want to help us. They don't really see hope. They kind of think, like, they're just a waste. You know, like, they failed so many times. But, like, that's who God is, right? He takes those people that the world brushes to the side, and he says, no, it's you. It's you I want. It's you I'm calling. And that's what Teen Challenge does, and it takes us. And it says, come, we love you. We love all of that, that the world says, like, you're selfish, you're useless, you're a loser, you're hopeless. So this is just a great way you can partner with us. You can sponsor a lady up here. You can come see us at the table. Um, you know, we believe that we serve a God who provides. He makes a way. This is evidence that God makes a way because that's who he is. And... But it's through people like you and churches like you that, who support us, who sow into our ministry that makes this possible so that we can go back one day and sow into God's kingdom. So I just encourage you to come meet us at the table and um, just check out the sponsorship program and all of our fun stuff. And then you can visit us on Facebook and what do we got here? Twitter. We don't go on the internet, so this is all like, I'm like, what do we do? Twitter, Instagram. We have everything we do, you know, pictures of us working out in the kitchen, doing our work, anything. It's up there. So we just encourage you to come check us out. And again, we just want to thank you so much for having us. It's, it's an honor and it's a privilege that you guys have us. And we just are really grateful, and we look forward to fellowshipping with you after the service. And, and that's it. Thank you, church. We appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, ladies. We've been doing a series called Changed, and uh, boy, it really fits in well with what we're, what we're hearing about, you know, that God changes lives, right? Uh, so, but I had something I wanted to show you first. Uh, Chris, can you just show that video real quick?
Does anybody have any tissue? <laughs> you know, the saying is, the old is gone, right? That's what the scripture says. We're going to look at that in a minute. The old is gone. You can shut that off. And go back to the other... Go back to the other PowerPoint of mine, please. The old has gone, right? What's the rest of it? As soon as we get this back on here, there we go. The new has come. I got a new car. It's not brand new, but it's new to me. So, but, but sometimes we need to make a change, right? Sometimes change has got to take place. I had that car for a long time, and sometimes it's hard to let go of stuff, right? Right, ladies? It's hard sometimes, but, you know, 16 years we had that vehicle. But you know what? When, when God moves in a person's life and he makes a change, I want to say to you today that it's a real, it's powerful. And that's what we're going to talk about today, exactly what it is. So, but, but just for a little bit of review, this idea of being changed, you know, from the way we were before Christ, B.C., to what God wants to do in us. We were dead, we were foolish, we were deceived, we were enslaved, we were disobedient. All kinds of really good stuff, right? But something happens. And something happens. So I want you to turn with me to Titus chapter 3. If you have your Bibles handy, please. And if you don't, uh, make sure next time you bring it. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 and 5. We're going to read those and we're going to look at a few more ideas here in our morning together. Titus chapter 3, verse 4. He says, but... He just got through saying about the way we were. But, verse 4, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. And He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He saved us. He changed us from before to after. There's something that radical takes place within the human heart. That's what I want to say to you today. You know, and again, it's this change that starts on the inside, but it works its way out. We talked about that last week. And if it's not working its way out, maybe it's not there at all. So you need to ask yourself, is there really a change? Has there really been something that took place inside of me that's now working its way out? Because if not, you know, uh, just being religious, I read this, just being religious is not enough. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ or, or, or you have really no hope. So, yeah, there is a sense that, that we are being changed. That's true. But before that, there's a radical change that takes place inside of us. And that's what I want to talk about today. It's, it's this idea of being born again. Now, when you hear that term, what do you think first? What comes to your mind first and foremost when you hear that term, born again? <clears throat> you know what I think? You know what? Thank you. You know, what I, you know what I think of? I think of what people say about that, right? When somebody says, oh, uh, he's one of those born-agains. Have any of you ever heard that before, where they use that term? And it's not, it's not a very nice way they put it either, is, they? is it? it? It's one of those born-agains, uh, in other words, one of those, uh, yeah, Jesus freak people. And they've gone way too far. And this is kind of the, you know, it's a very negative way that it's used. But, but you know what? This, the Bible is talking about this here in this verse and some other verses we're going to look at very quickly. Is that this is what Jesus Christ does in our lives. This is what he says here. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. He saved us by this mechanism of being reborn. That's very important. Now, uh, I'm going to throw this phrase out for a minute, and we're going to come back to it at the end. Is this, this idea that if you're born once, you die twice. If you're born twice, you die once. We're going to come back to that in a minute. 
He saved us. He saved us. Why? It says in there because of his mercy, because of his kindness, because of his love. But the, the way he did it is through this rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is a miraculous thing. This is a supernatural thing. This is not something that you and I can do for ourselves. I'm going to, you know, born myself again. That, you could try that. You could sit in a chair. You can get on the ground. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to make myself be born again. And you're not going to get anywhere. This is a supernatural work of God. It's miraculous. This is something that only God can do. The word here for rebirth, some of your translations say regeneration. But literally, it's two words put together, as many Greek words are. And it literally means this, again, Genesis. Again, Genesis. It's again, a brand new, a beginning. And that's why I quoted this verse, and I'll put it on the screen. If anyone is, is in Christ, what? He is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We're well, saying this is how he saves us, by giving, by giving us rebirth, again Genesis, a new creation. This is how we become saved. I like what the NLT translates our verse in Titus, he says this, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. New birth, new life, new beginning. That's not a small thing. That's not something, well, you know, it kind of happened. No, if you are born again, you are born again. You have a brand new life. Now, I understand that some of you may be uh, trusted in Jesus Christ when you were very young, and so you didn't really understand, you know, what that meant. But that doesn't make it any less important or radical or large or huge. It's a spiritual work. It's a work, he says here, of the Holy Spirit in Titus. It's by the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk next week about the Holy Spirit. But it, it, it's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual work that takes place on the very deepest part of who we are. Does that sound like a negative term to you? To be born again. To have a new birth. You know, when people say that, you can say, hey, I, you can say whatever you want. But I'm going with born again because that's what the Bible says and that's what I want and that's what I need. And you know what? You need it too. What, what gets me though is this, the, this classification amongst Christians. We're going to get to that in a minute. That these are the born again Christians. These are the regular Christians. But the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says to be saved, it's by being reborn by the Holy Spirit. We're going to see what Jesus said about that in, a, in just a couple of minutes. But let's look what Peter said first in 1 Peter chapter 1. What does it say on the screen? He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in His great mercy. There's that mercy again. He has given us what? New birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We see the Holy Spirit. We see God the Father here. We see Jesus Christ, the resurrection. It all happens at the cross. We know that. But it's a new birth. A new birth. Did you have that new birth? Can you say, I love what uh, the first gal said, you know, I was a heroin addict. Well, can you now say, I am born again? You've got you to know that. You've got to be able to say that. Otherwise, you may not be born again. If you can't say, I am born again, because God, by His Holy Spirit, did something within my very being and gave me brand new life that I did not have before. If you can't say that, maybe you aren't. And again, I hate to say that, but again, it's so important to me that you know, because I may not be here tomorrow. None of us know. I want to know that you know. I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, it was something that I knew that I knew that I knew that God was in my life, that God had given me a brand new life and a brand new heart. He talks about it again later. Peter couldn't get away 
away from it. He says in chapter 1 of 1 Peter, verse 23 now, he says, you have been. Not you will be when you go to heaven, right? You have been born again. Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. How do you get there? First of all, you hear about it. You hear about it through the word of God. The word of God tells it to us, explains it to us. What does it mean? Now, I don't know about you, but it, it you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, yeah, what does it mean? And some of you are probably sitting here, maybe some of you have even been a believer for a long time. Well, I thought that was just the kind of the category of that real zealous type Christian. But the definitive passage for this subject is what? Anybody? Testing? One? The definitive, the, excuse me, definitive passage about being born again is what? Somebody knows this, I know. Going? Going? Gone. I've, I've made, I've failed you. <laughs> if you don't know that Jesus talks about it, where? In John chapter 3. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 3. And now, from now on, you will never be able to say, I don't know. John chapter 3 is the definitive passage about what Jesus taught about this subject, about being what? Born again. Right? Let's turn to John chapter 3. You're already there. John chapter 3, Chuck Smith, I, I, I had to put him up there. Look at that smile. Is that amazing? I mean... I wish I could smile like that. But you know what? It's because he knew what it meant to be born again and because he knew Jesus in his heart and Jesus in his life that he was able to do that. John chapter 3, let's, let's, let's read it. John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council, and he came to Jesus at night and he said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. We don't know why he came. He, he didn't really explain why he came. He just says, I want to talk with you. He had this one-on-one this -on -one meeting with Jesus. He was a, a leader. This guy, Nicodemus, he was a, a teacher. He was a leader. And he came to Jesus. But look in verse 3. It says, in reply, Jesus declared... And Jesus has a way of kind of getting right to the issue. Listen, Nicodemus, you have a lot of questions, maybe a lot of things. You kind of see some things, but other things you don't see. And I want you to see this. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God in what? Unless what? He is born again. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he's born again. You can't even see it. It's absolutely essential to to. Be born again, because without being born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. He's going to say something else about it in a minute. But, but Nicodemus, you know, he, he hears that and he goes like, uh, like what? what? What does that mean? What does that mean? And Jesus goes on to explain it now. Look at verse 4. He says, how can a man, Nicodemus is asking, be born when he is old? I was born a long time ago, in other words. He says, surely he cannot enter, cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. That's not going to happen, he's saying. Obviously, it's not going to happen. Now, someone uh, said this, that Nicodemus should have had a clue. Why do I say that? Because in Ezekiel chapter 36, it's a promise from God says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit in you. This is an Old Testament passage that Nicodemus would be familiar with, but he didn't get the connection. And, and so many times we don't understand, but this is what we're talking about here, a brand new heart. A brand new spirit that is, that is born in us, that by the Holy Spirit comes alive within us. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, the man without the spirit doesn't accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. 
and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, before this experience where God brings life within us, we can't even understand what it's about. We can't understand. He says they're spiritually discerned. I know that when I surrendered to Jesus Christ, I didn't, and, and I said this, and I've shared this here many, many times. I said, well, if what that guy up there is saying is true, I'm going to give it a chance because I don't really understand it all. But I surrendered to Jesus Christ, and I gave my life to him, and I, I tell you, it was like from the next morning, my eyes were like open, like something had changed in my life. Something was different. There was some new thing that happened in me, and in, in the next days and weeks to come, it's like I, I began to get this appreciation that God had given me a brand new life. And it was like, you know, I don't know if you can, any of you can relate to this, but when you first become saved, it's like a honeymoon period. You know, I think God gives it to us just in grace because He knows we need it. Because it doesn't always stay that way, and some of you have been married, you know, the honeymoon does not last forever. Right? But those first few weeks, maybe, maybe even months, it's like heaven on earth. Look at verse 5 and 6, though. Jesus answered to Nicodemus' question. He says, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water. And the spirit. Nicodemus was saying, he's like, am I going to go back and I can't, you know, how am I going to do that? Go back into the womb, be born again? I can't, can't do that. But Jesus said there's, there's two births. Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. He says there's a, a, a birth of water, born of water. Being born of flesh, being flesh giving birth to flesh, but then there's a birth of the Spirit. There's a spiritual birth where the Holy Spirit comes inside of us and gives birth to you and I in a, in a spiritual way that we did not have before, that we could never whip up, we could never make happen. It's a work of God inside the human heart where He gives us that new heart and the new Spirit. But notice He says there that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of the Spirit. Back to that idea that there are these born-again Christians and then there's these regular Christians. Well, the truth of the matter is that if you are not born again, you are not a Christian, period. Okay? There's one kind of Christian... It's born-again Christian. So when someone says that, you know, that guy over there is a born-again Christian, or are you one of those born-again Christians? And they, say, and they say, well, I'm a Christian too, but you're one of those born-again Christians. Well, you can say to them, well, Jesus said, if you are not born again, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't even see it. You must be born again. That's what Jesus said. You must be born again. You must be. There's no other way. There's no other way to go to heaven unless you're born again. Is that a negative term? Could that possibly be a negative term? A term? So how do how are you, how is one born again? This is radical that work, work that takes place within a heart, within a life, and I, I testify to it. These girls have been testifying, testifying to the work of the Holy Spirit within their lives. How does it happen? Because I can't make it happen, right? You can't make it happen. So how does it happen? John the Apostle said in, in 1 John 5, he said, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. How does it happen? It, ha it happens by believing that Jesus is the Christ, the answer, the Messiah. Earlier in the book of John, Jesus it talks about believing and receiving Jesus Christ, which brings us into the family of God. John chapter 3, later in this chapter, we see John 3.16 says that for whosoever what? Believes. For God so loved the world that whosoever believes 
That God so loved the world, he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So it, how does it happen? It happens by this idea, simple idea of faith, trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior. That's all you and I do, if you want to say there's something we do. And then he comes in, he does it all. Not he does the rest, he comes in and does it all. There's a difference, right? So the question is, are you born again? Have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Has something radical taken place within your heart, within your soul, that he's given you a new heart and a new spirit? That is what I call radical. So back to this saying about being born once and dying twice. Or, or being born twice and dying once. To be born once is the physical birth, right? That's the physical birth. But if that's all we have, we're going to die twice. Why do I say that? Because we have physical death that, that unless the Lord comes and takes us home, like somebody like Enoch, or the rapture occurs, or, or some other miraculous type thing happens, you and I are going to face death. The physical death, these, these bodies, it's 100%, right, the last time I checked. You know, I study a lot of these health things, you know, and a lot of them, uh, I saw this guy uh, speaking on, on, on this PBS channel, and he was saying, you know, if you only do all these things and this thing, you know, the, the, you're going to just, like, live so long. You're going to live to be 100 and beyond. It's the Centenarian Club or something like that. But even that has an, a limit. You're born once, you're going to die twice. The first death is a physical death, but the second death is way, way worse than the physical death. It's eternal death. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20 and 21, it calls it the second death. It's called the second death. It's called hell. You only have one birth, the physical birth. Without that second birth, you're going to have two deaths. But I want to say to you today, and I want to encourage you today, that if you have two births, the physical birth and the spiritual birth, that you will only die once. This physical de death will occur for all of us. We're going to pass away. We're going to leave these bodies, but never to die again, to have eternal life. No more death. You read about it in, in those same chapters at the end of the book of Revelation. Heaven, he describes heaven the, in being in the presence of God that there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more pain, no more of the things that we face in this life. But to get that, you must have that second birth. You must be. That's why Jesus said it. I don't know. You, you can't say it any stronger than that. If Jesus Christ says you must be born again, I think that's, that's pretty Definitive, isn't it? You must be born again. So I, I, I want to ask you the question again. And it, it, do you know in your heart, are you born again? Have you received Christ? Have you allowed him to come in, surrendered to him, and he's come in and done something within your heart and life? That's what we're talking about here today. Have you been born again? I'm going to pray. And we're going to close and we're going to play a song for you. Uh, but we're going to pray first. It's a simple message, right? Jesus says that you must be born again. It's a very simple message. The second birth. Have you had the second birth? Have you had that radical thing happen in your life? Again, it's not just going to church. It's not being religious. It's not saying the right words. It's surrendering before the cross of Jesus, saying, I want you in my life. Come in. Change me. Give me that new life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we humble ourselves. We quiet our hearts right now before you and say, God, 
What are we without you? We sang it, you know, we're desperate for you. We're lost without you. So we ask you, Lord, to come into our hearts and lives. I know many in this room are born again. And they could say, I am born again. Like Peter said, they have been born again. But perhaps there's some here today that are still searching, still lost, still needing a new heart and a new life, a new spirit. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you can cry out to him in your heart and, and say, Jesus, I am lost. I'm desperate. There's no hope out here in this world. No hope apart from you. I want that life. I want eternal life. I believe if you pray that, that Jesus will hear your cry. He will come in. He will prove himself to you. He will do a work within your heart and your life and give you eternal life, a new life, a new beginning, a new birth into the family of God. Father, thank you so much for Teen Challenge coming today and sharing how their lives have been changed by this very fact. I pray your blessing on them. We heard today it's not easy. It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle. We all face it. But by the power of God and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we're going to keep going. And I pray your power upon them, your strength upon them to keep fighting that good fight. And bless that ministry, Lord. We surrender to you today. In Jesus' name. We're going to play a song and then we'll be dismissed once the song is finished. Born again, born again, you just can't see the light until you're born again. Born again, oh God, can't make it right. But life doesn't mean doggone thing till you know where life comes from and joy doesn't come from society as a beggar as a bum you want to be happy and lead a life that's full smile and keep from worrying it's all the poison in the world well there's an easy way jesus is calling you but you just can't be free until you're born again born again just take that step of faith and just be born again born again there's no time to hesitate and just be born again born again he's calling out to you just to be born again born again start your life anew how much in this world can you take without wanting to jump off the end how can you believe this is all there is the way men treat men there's so much more to life than misery and pain you have nothing left to lose but a whole lot more to gain if you'll open up your heart and let the savior in you'll feel like a newborn child when you're born again born again your past will disappear when you're born again, born again, your purpose will be clear. Oh, when you're born again, born again, you'll feel so warm inside. Oh, when you're born again, born again, that glow, it just can't hide. So open your hearts, people, there's no need to fear. God has sent me to you to make his message clear if you really want to be happy and lead a life that's full smile and keep from worrying midst all the poison in the world well there's an easy way jesus is calling you but you just can't be free until you're born again born again just take that step of faith and just be born again 
born again there's no time to hesitate and just be born again born again he's calling out to you and just to be born again born again start your life anew born again born again 